It's MET Monday! Today, holding an overpair on a coordinated flop. Everybody studies on Monday, so welcome to the 52nd Minimum Effective Dose Monday episode. Now, this is the final post-flop related episode uh, for February, so I hope you enjoyed the post-flop theme that I had for this month. We're going to have a brand new theme for next month and more information on that later on. But today's article, it's called Answered, Your 5 Most Burning Post-Flop Questions. Now, this was published back in January 6th of 2017, so over two years ago, but I was just doing some post-flop work, and I, uh, you know, Googled some different post-flop topics, and this one came up. It's from upswingpoker.com, and I really did enjoy this article, particularly number four, or question number four. So, what I'm going to do is, instead of reading the entire article for you, uh, I'm going to read for you questions one, two, three, and question five, and then what I'm going to do is read question four, as well as the answer to question four, because that's the most relevant to me. If those other questions sound pretty good to you, great. You can go check out this article on upswingpoker.com for yourself. Really easy to find. Once again, it's called Answered Your Five Most Burning Post-Flop Questions. But before we get to the article, let's get to the MED action. Remember, this is the one thing that you must do this week to improve your poker skills. Here it is. For the rest of your play sessions this week, Follow along with Doug's plan here with an overpair on a coordinated flop, or come up with your own plan. There are only six pairs to plan for on an eight-high flop, so planning should be relatively easy. Pick some hands to check with, some hands to bet with, and some hands to check call or check raise with. Having a mixed strategy will make it harder for your opponents to exploit your play. All right, well, that's the MED action. Here's the MED idea that I took away from this article. Break a tough situation down into its basic parts, and then come up with a plan to implement on the felt. The simpler your plan is, the easier it is to execute. Once you have your plan, execute it, and then analyze the results. All righty, here are some words of wisdom from Jason Lee over there at UpswingPoker.com. And if you feel like a fish, come on, wow, come on, Woo! let's get it on. Answered, your five most burning post-flop questions, published on January 6th, 2017, by Jason Lee. Question number one is how do you approach monotone boards with strong top pairs? Question two. How do you play over pairs on paired flops? Question three, how do you play bottom pair against a flop bet? And question five is what are your thoughts on running it twice? Now let's get to the full question and answer for question number four. How do you play over pairs on coordinated flops in multi-way pots? Every poker player is familiar with this terrible feeling. You look down at the beautiful pocket kings and you raise. Your raise is met by a call from both the button and the big blind. The dealer slowly peels the flop and it comes out 8 of spades, 7 of spades, 5 of hearts. Ick! That just feels dirty! Your hand is still strong, but a less coordinated board would definitely have been preferred. As far as how to continue, 
there are multiple effective strategies for these situations. Some good players will check these spots with all of their overpairs, planning to either check call or check raise the flop. This can be a reasonable strategy, but it's usually better to employ a mixed strategy with your overpairs in this situation. Back to the 875 flop, which happens to be a great board to use a mixed strategy. Here's how Doug would approach this flop with each overpair. First, pocket nines. This is a clear check here most of the time. It's a great hand with which to check call multiple streets and betting can lead to some difficult and unnecessary situations. Next are pocket pairs queens, jacks, and tens. These are fairly clear bets. Checking will severely limit our ability to get bets in because there are so many bad turn cards that will force us to check. Any ace, king, nine, six, four, or a spade can roll off, putting our pocket queens, jacks, or tens in a difficult spot. And the third set of pairs is pocket aces and pocket kings, with which you can occasionally trap. Checking some percentage of the time with the strongest overpairs is a reasonable way to balance our flop check range, as well as give our opponents some rope with which to hang themselves. Because there are fewer bad turn cards for aces and kings, they're less vulnerable and a more effective trap than pocket queens, jacks, or tens. Bolstering our check range on boards like this is important because as the preflop raiser, we will never have a straight. If we c-bet on a merged range containing all overpairs, our check range will be very weak and easily exploitable. That being said, don't play in fear. A hand like pocket jacks is still very likely to be ahead on a board like 875. Just don't start piling bets and raises in like Yasildur won at his first WSOP Europe. Wow, beautiful. Right off the bat. He delivers on the goods. Look at him pump up this crowd. This man's gonna win a lot of political offices when his career's over. A great role model for America's kids. Oh yes, I really did like that question and the answer right there, of course. Um, I like how Jason Lee pointed out that on this type of board, the best we can have is a set, not a straight at all, right? 875, you need a 6-9 or 4-6 for a straight. Sure, you could have that potentially if you're on the button raising, but out of the cutoff or even the MP or something, you likely don't have those hands. But our different calling opponents can have those hands. And I completely agree that we cannot play this type of board scared either. Our opponent has tons of preflop calling hands that just did not hit this board. Things like king jack offsuit, pocket deuces, and even ace three suited that didn't hit a flush draw nor a backdoor flush draw. I think the most important thing he pointed out uh, was that we need to plan ahead with our different pairs and use a mixed strategy. Now, this is obviously a common situation. We've all had it happen to us before. And on an 8-high board, there's only 6 over pairs, right? 9s, 10s, jacks, queens, kings, and aces. That makes it pretty easy to plan what you're going to do with each of these pairs. And I like the recommendation of checking pocket 9s on that board, and sometimes throwing in aces and kings as a slow-playing hand. And I totally agree that betting the tens through queens is probably the best play right there because you just don't want to see those over cards coming. And, you know, you got that strong hand, you're probably getting value from any pair plus draws or just straight up draws that your opponent might have flopped. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much for listening today. And of course, thanks to upswingpoker.com and the author, Jason Lee, for writing such a great article. Once again, the article was called Answered, Your Five Most Burning Post-Flop Questions. And you can read it at upswingpoker.com. You can listen to this and every other MED Monday episode by visiting smartpokerstudy.com slash MEDMonday. And if you're listening to this on Monday, the 25th of February, 2019, tomorrow is my CBET webinar. It's called Profitable Bluff CBETs and Double Barrels Webinar. Just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash webinar and use offer code podcast for a discount. Until next time, apply the MED idea to the rest of your game and practice the MED action all week long.